This is Chris Dufault. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Kirkston, Minnesota. I'm pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan in studio. We'll also be hearing from Don Wick, Sierra Doctor, and Whitney Pittman. Well, as expected, the U.S. Central Bank raised the base interest rate following the January Federal Reserve Board meeting. Uh, Federal Reserve approved a quarter percentage point interest rate hike and signaled plans to raise rates again next month. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick is reporting from Washington, D.C. this week. The fate of a value-added agriculture project in the region and the influence of China is getting attention on Capitol Hill. Randy, with the Air Force describing it as a significant threat to national security, the proposed Fufeng corn wet milling project in Grand Forks is being sidelined. In an interview with the Red River Farm Network, North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer said Fufeng has become a flashpoint, but it reflects a bigger issue with foreign ownership of farmland. What the Air Force did, and, and I wish they'd have done it sooner, although I don't, I believe that was always their opinion. They just were hoping that it would be figured out at the local level. Um, I think you're going to see a much more aggressive approach in pushing back against Chinese investment throughout the country. China's certainly a big player, though, when it comes to buying agricultural products. Uh, do we find a balance with that? Yeah, it's, I think balance is the word we always have to seek. Um, the, the thing is we cannot be as naive as we've been for the last couple of decades as China's malign influence has grown and, and, and um, their ability to, to spy, their patience, to, to um, influence behavior, uh, collect data. I mean, they, they, they really are long, you know, long game thinkers and they have the luxury of a, an emperor for life so they don't have to worry about these pesky elections and, and uh, the, the people. And I just, I'd, I wouldn't trade for all the money in the world. But to your point, China, you know, China has about one and a half billion people and near as I can tell, they eat about three times a day and we grow a lot of stuff that they, they like and that, they, and that their livestock likes. And we want to be able to sell, obviously, to people. And, um, but, but we, I think we just have to realize that, um, you know, it, it comes at a cost and we have to be much more diligent about how we do business with China. The interview with Kramer includes comments on the debt ceiling, waters of the United States, the farm bill, and energy. The interview can be found on the Red River Farm Network website. Reporting from Washington, D.C., I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network. The Environmental Working Group is out with its latest attack on the USDA's farm safety net. The so-called farm subsidy database has been highlighting farm program payments since 1995. Rather than releasing the names of all farmers receiving payments, USDA now lists the lender. Ag Country Farm Credit Services President and CEO Mark Nisley says the EWG information is a bit misleading. The only time I think a lender is listed as having received the, these support payments is when the farmer actually makes an assignment to the lender. Um, and, you know, I want to be really clear with this. As, as you know and as your listeners probably know, this money does not come to the lender uh, for the lender's benefit. It, it's really provided on behalf of the 
the customer, the farmers and ranchers, uh, as a payment directly to the lender to be applied to their loan, not 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 to benefit the organization, the lending organization. So that can be a little bit misleading as well when you when you take a look at some of these some of these headlines and sound bites. Nisley also takes issue with this group's characterizing farm program payments as a subsidy. It's just unfortunate, you know. I think. Working together on, on any of these national initiatives and, and, and being open and transparent is important and, and, you know, causing a rift by, by using terminology like that is, is disappointing from my perspective. Wheat growers are in Washington, D.C. this week for their annual meetings of the National Association of Wheat Growers and U.S. Wheat Associates. North Dakota Wheat Commission Policy and Marketing Director Jim Peterson says developing foreign markets remains a top priority for the wheat industry. In international marketing, and it's not just wheat, it's all commodity groups, rely on foreign market development funds, market access program funds. In total, they're about $234 million. So a very small share of the overall farm bill, but critically important for us as producers because for every dollar we put in, those that is used to leverage money from FMD, MAP, to help do international market development. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Thursday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Crookston farmer Tim Dufo is representing Minnesota Wheat at the Wheat Industry Winter Conference in Washington, D.C. What's the focus for the farm bill? Crop insurance, crop insurance, crop insurance. Uh, you know, we've got away from uh, other support programs. Uh, crop insurance is really working well for everyone, so we want to see that maintained. Foreign market development and market access program funding also on that wish list. They help leverage dollars that growers raise to sell and promote our crops around the world. It's, it's a very effective tool. Um, we haven't had an increase in that in many, many years, uh, so we'd like to ask for more money there. Cattlemen's Convention continuing in New Orleans. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Reporting from the National Cattlemen's Convention and NCBA Trade Show, we're here with NCBA President-Elect Todd Wilkinson, who talks about disease traceability and USDA's newest ruling. Well, a lot of news in that front. Uh, USDA just came out with a proposed rulemaking uh, that is that was dropped in the last two weeks. Now, we anticipated that, uh, and that's going to require electronic identification on breeding livestock over 18 months of age. Um, so that, that's going to replace, uh, for your listeners, it's going to replace the bangs tag. So the, the metal tag that, that uh, the vet typically puts in is now going to become electronic if this rule takes effect. We, uh, as an industry, are facing a real challenge. Wilkinson is concerned about disease traceability, especially for hoof and mouth disease. We, uh, as an industry, are facing a real challenge. We're, we're facing the potential for catastrophic disease to get into the United States. And the one that is spreading all across the globe is hoof and mouth disease. And we haven't had an outbreak for, I think, 1929. It's just spreading in all across. The difficulty for the producers in the United States is if it comes in, there's an immediate 72-hour rule that goes into effect. The borders are closed. You can't move 
uh, cattle for a minimum of 72 hours. We're looking at the potential for five, six days. So to everybody that's listening, that should shock you. Coverage of the National Cattlemen's Conference and NCBA trade show is brought to you by Zoetis, A Country Farm Credit Services, Minnesota Beef Council, North Dakota Stockmen's Association, and North Dakota Beef Council. Brought to you by North Dakota Beef Farmers and Ranchers through the Beef Checkoff. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The Trusted Advisor Partnership brings food, academia, and agriculture to help farmers adopt or expand the use of profitable stewardship practices. NDSU Soil Health Specialist Abby Wick has the first group of certified crop advisors signed up for the program. We're trying to bring soil health information to them in a way that is science-based and also practical. And so we've developed this online course to, to kind of start with where we have 12, I think it's 12, that are signed up for it right now. They're going through the program. They're, they're learning you know, some of these things about soil health, but they're learning it through a logistics lens. And so how do you have those conversations with your growers on adopting soil health practices in areas that are maybe saline or they're unproductive? We're going after the, the poorer parts of the field and how you can adopt some of these practices there. And um, we're helping to build a network. And the goal is to have a flexible program that improves soil health. You know, we're, we're hoping for uh, whatever practices fit that operation to achieve their goal. And so whether it's reducing tillage, maybe it's not doing fall tillage, but only spring tillage, um, possibly use of cover crops, maybe diversifying rotation, managing some of those saline spots. It could be anything really uh, in the agronomist kind of playbook. And so um, just fine-tuning those practices, doing what's right to produce a great crop and reduce risk while keeping in mind the soil resource and protecting that resource. One of the sponsors on that program is General Mills. General Mills soil scientist Steve Rosenzweig says it's important to be involved in the program. Yeah, so if you think about a lot of the kind of popular General Mills brands from Pillsbury to Betty Crocker, uh, you know, we buy a lot of wheat, especially out of Minnesota and North Dakota. So wheat and sugar beets and those kinds of crops are really what bring us to this region. And so, you know, the really our business model is to help turn, you know, ingredients that come out of these farms into food products and market those to consumers. So we're really trying to make sure that farmers and these farming communities are really successful and resilient because they're really kind of the core foundation of our entire business. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Wacon Dairy, located between Ada and Monoman, Minnesota, has been operating at full capacity for a few months now. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Norman County, Minnesota Farm Bureau members toured the Walk-On Dairy owned by Riverview Dairy near Ada, Minnesota. Manager Ron Visser says tours are very important to their success in the communities their operations are located with a goal of transparency. We're very passionate about doing tours here at Walk-On Dairy and the big reason is just transparency. There's a lot of mystery about, hey, what's going on at that facility, what's going on in those barns and just understanding, you know, how can you manage this type of operation and the only way to really get your arms around what's going on is to come on a tour and and see it firsthand for yourself and and then it also helps just to share our story with what we're doing and and why we're doing it and what's our passion behind the dairy industry and why we why we love cows so much and why we do what we do Visser says the labor force for this 10,000 head dairy facility are immigrant workers that are on visa programs that would one day allow them to become US citizens the program is uh, it's a TN visa and it's a three-year program and uh, really it, it's about 
finding a labor force that wants to work with dairy cows and then has the ability to work with dairy cattle. And so this TN visa program is, it's a three-year program. We're, we're getting employees out of Mexico, and these employees are college-educated, either like animal science, agronomy, engineering, uh, vet science, some sort of degree like that from Mexico. We have two interviewers that do this full-time in Mexico, and we're taking like the top you know, 20 or 30 percent of applicants that are looking for this type of work. The main barn of this facility is 22 covered acres. Talks for a second facility in Norman County are underway. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. March wheat Minneapolis three cents higher at 929 and a half. Chicago's up three, Kansas City up four. Corn right now, March up a penny and a half. December's up three quarters. March soybeans nine and three quarter higher. November soybeans nine cents higher. Canola under a little bit of pressure here this morning. We're down $3.10 a metric ton. On the farm calendar, a lot of things coming up next week. Make sure you check out the uh, rfn.com website and look, click on the farm calendar link. Uh, right now we've got a Countryside Insurance Agency 2023 Farmer Update, meet, uh, update meeting scheduled for February 7th at 9 a.m. It'll be in Reynolds. Women in Ag Network Conference next Tuesday as well. That'll be in Wilmer, Minnesota. Also coming up next week in the uh, is the uh, NDSU University of Minnesota Extension Advanced Crop Advisors Workshop. That'll be at the Holiday Inn in Fargo. Uh, again, Tuesday and Wednesday is the uh, dates uh, on that uh, program. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.